What's up, y'all? Um, it's Monday, about 10.30 a.m. Uh, Warriors versus uh, uh, the Mavericks happened last night. So I just want to step in and talk about it real quick. Uh, it was game three, uh, happened last night. I thought there were some um, just big things that happened um, in the two games leading up to this one. Um, and it, you know, ended up coming full circle. And that's the reason uh, the Warriors were able to pull this one off. Um, but let, let's start with the Mavs, first of all. The Mavs are a great team and they beat a great team in the Phoenix Suns to get here. Uh, Luca's really challenging as far as physical, um, you know, his physical gifts. Um, he plays at his own pace and uh, he can hit, you know, those, those tough fadeaway shots. Um, pretty much over anyone. And that's a shot you can get to most times down the floor. Um, so he, he's a challenge. But one thing I noticed start the game right away, like the past two games, they're hunting Steph Curry, um, you know, out of the pick and roll. So, you know, uh, you know, Luca would bring it up. Whoever was, uh, you know, Steph was guarding, they'd come up, set a screen. And usually, usually, uh, to for the maps to do this usually they kind of set it as a quick screen so it's kind of a show and then quick roll to the three-point line whereas now they're actually trying to set a solid screen on staff or uh, on Luca's man which is Andrew Wiggins to get Steph to actually um, you know really communicate and play uh, defense but the one thing I noticed with this was that Luca was not attacking Steph as he's high hedging so as Steph is coming up to high hedge, Luca is not, you know, kind of getting into his body and really making him um, make a decision on whether he's going to stay or switch back to his original man. Now, in the NBA, attacking the high hedge, I believe, is important because refs call fouls on that, on the big man or the person high hedging, no matter who it is, most of the time, if there's a lot of contact. Luca's great at making that contact. Also, um, it, it would put Steph out of the game with foul trouble, would get him off his rhythm more. And then Kerr has to go, you know, deeper into his bench to find, you know, different guys um, in those different situations. Well, I just felt like Luca was coming off and letting Steph high hedge him and then waiting for, not waiting, I should say, but kind of expecting that high hedge to come, picking the ball up early and just dishing it to uh, the screener, which works, except that there was never much pressure on the rim. Whereas when rotations came, the Warriors were just sitting there ready to rotate there was no pressure on the rim. They weren't too worried about Luca attacking that high hedge after like the third time they saw him just pick it up. They're like, okay, you know, Steph's going to high hedge. Luca will pick it up or, you know, softly, you know, retreat dribble and he's going to throw it to the roll guy and we'll let that happen. And, you know, tonight Reggie Bullock is 0 for 10 from three and Maxi Kleber doesn't want to shoot at all. So that worked out very well for the Warriors. I just think Luca could have come off that and attack Steph, you know, with two or three more hard dribbles to the rim 
and made him defend him a little bit, gotten those bumps, gotten Steph into foul trouble. Um, let's jump into uh, uh, my second point with, with the Mavs. Uh, they, they just didn't shoot the three ball well, right? So, uh, li- like I said, um, you had Reggie Bullock going 0 for 10, and you had Maxi Kleba going 0 for 5. And the big thing about that, though, was that Maxi Kleber didn't even look to shoot. Like, he looked – he was just going too fast in his head. He didn't even look at the rim sometimes when he caught it. And that doesn't seem like him. I, I watched him that whole Sun series, and I've watched him for the past two years, and he can really, you know, let it fly. And he's not afraid to let it fly. So that to me seemed like he was just overthinking it a little bit. And when you're overthinking, no matter how open you are, you know, that shot doesn't feel open and it doesn't feel in rhythm and it's probably not going to go in. And sometimes you just end up, you know, by the, by the end of the game, he was just turning and, and looking to hand it off to the nearest person because, you know, he's just not in, in flow. Reggie, on the other hand, was over 10, but he did take 10 threes. He was not shy about it, and that still put pressure on the defense because he can get hot at any moment. We've seen Reggie Bullock get hot. So he kept the pressure on, on the Warriors by just letting it fly, right? He got 10 solid wide-open looks, and they just didn't fall. But he actually shot the ball, and he wasn't afraid to do it. Um, but just overall, the, the Mavs uh, – rhythm seemed off to me and you know that that's a accumulation of things I believe with just being tired overall chasing the Warriors around uh, on defense and when you're not shooting well right you your brain kind of checks out a little bit you're trying to focus too much on you know what's what's going on you know how can I fix this then just kind of like you know, playing the game and letting things flow. So rhythm was off and, and uh, you know, when, when you're just not hitting those threes, it's really tough. So another thing that I saw was the pace of the game overall favored the Warriors the whole time. I thought from in the first seven minutes or so of that first quarter, it I don't want to say that's where the Mavs lost the game, but you could tell the pace was just going to be entirely not in the favor of the Mavs. Luca likes to go slow, likes to, you know, get going in the offense at about 14, right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't mind doing all that. He's a LeBron kind of um, pace with the game. He likes to control everything that's going on. And the Warriors do a great job of not letting that happen by, you know, pushing the basketball, you know, shooting the open shot, but also they put a ton of pressure on the rim, right? Steph Curry gets a lot of credit for being a three-point shooter, but he's great at getting the basket. And when they're making shots, it's tough for the Mavs to play slow. And when the Mavs are missing wide open threes, leads to long rebounds, Warriors getting easy transition looks. I think Clay got one early, and I was like, oh, okay, there we go. 
Steph hit a little step back one. I was like, there we go. You know, so when they're getting it rolling, it, it, the flow of the game just was not in the favor of the Mavs at all. Um, going forward for the Mavs, right, I think leading into next season, you've got to get um, – I don't. I disagree. I saw this on first take earlier. JJ Redick was like, "They need a rim protector." I don't. I don't think they need a rim protector. I think they need another physical bruiser, like a guy. You know, Davis Bertans comes in. He hits threes. He doesn't take any two point field goals, right? And he's not big. He's not super physical. But they need another guy that can just you know, walk somebody down from the three-point line and give him three hard bumps, move him, and finish, you know, over each hand, right? I'm not saying they need a DeAndre Ayton, right, because he kind of clogs things up sometimes, and I think that's tough on Luka, but I think they need another just bigger, bulky dude um, that can, you know, come in and just take up some space, but also, you know, back somebody down and, and have his own bag, right? So that, that's what I think for the the Mavs need to do uh, moving forward. Next, uh, let's let's hop into the Warriors. Um, I'm gonna go through this quick. Personally, I'm not a huge. Let's talk about the winner team. I just feel like it's self-explanatory a lot of times, and I think it's cool to talk about the adjustments that you know the losing team can make. Um, but man, the Warriors are my favorite team to watch in the league, and they have been since uh, man, Steph, you know, started uh, um, you know, playing a lot for the Warriors. You know, kind of, I'd say, uh, rookie, you know, rookie season midway through, um, he started getting the flow, and I was like, okay, here we go. And then they had the uh, playoff series against the Nuggets. I think that was 15, I want to say. Yeah, I think I was 15. No, that was 13, huh? Yeah. And then they had the playoff, like Ty Lawson was on that team, you know, on the Nuggets. They, they had some good players. But anyway, they've been my favorite team to watch for a long time. It's just their ball movement, their player movement the pace and the freedom that they get to play with, right? As long as you're moving, setting hard screens, and you understand what the whole point of the offense is, you can have a lot of freedom and a lot of fun with that offense. And Jordan Poole shows you that, right? He worked at it, figured out the flow of the offense, and now he's out there kind of just playing, having a good time, right? Get into what he gets to, you know, in his bag, and, and they let him go do that. Right. So there's a fun team to watch. Everyone overreacts to how many threes they shoot. They, they shoot. Yes, they shoot a lot of threes, but um, they, they put a, a ton of pressure on the rim. And it's all, you know, from their back screens, they set uh, the cuts they make and just their overall, uh, you know, gravity of Steph and Clay coming off pin downs that just gets them a lot of looks at the rim. Um, and it's something if you want to beat them, you have to take away those easy looks, the rim first, and then worry about the three next. Um, in this game in particular, they kept the live ball turnovers down, and that's pretty much their kryptonite. If the Warriors turn the ball over, 
and, and when I say live ball turnovers, like that's Steph dribbling up the court, coming off the screen and just, you know, getting picked or losing it, right? Or falling down. And then it's easy transition bucket for the other team, right? That's a live ball turnover. There's no stoppage of play. So for me, when I watch them and they turn the ball over, no matter if it's a live ball or stop stoppage of play, it throws the rhythm off altogether. They're not the same team. But when they control the live ball turnovers, especially that flow that they like to play with and that pace that they like to play with, it, it's hard to keep up with, right? So when they control those turnovers, you're, you're, seeing, you're seeing the best of the Warriors, and I think they're the best team in the NBA um, when that's controlled. But it is their kryptonite, and it happens a lot. It happened a lot in the Memphis series, and it just didn't make them look like the same team that you're seeing um, like last night in game three against the Mavericks, right? Just not the same-looking team. Um, yeah, so – Here's a, here's a tough one for me, and I love Draymond Green, but sometimes they are better when he's off the floor. There are times when he is a turnover machine. He also is not great at finishing at the rim. So when teams are high hedging or trapping Steph coming off a screen and he – gives it a little short roll pass, right, to, to Draymond Green, who's on the short roll, okay, he finds the open space, and he's catching it like the free throw line area. A lot of times, they're just leaving him, right? The big man will sit back and, or the help defender will sit back and just let him kind of survey from that area, right? He's not a great shooter, okay? He doesn't have a great floater. He's not a great rim finisher, so sometimes I think it clogs things up for the other players. They're not getting the same separation because his gravity isn't as enormous as I'm going to give you a, a weird player here, but Kevon Looney. When Kevon Looney catches it on that short roll, it's making guys think about it, right? Like, yo, we got to actually step up a little bit, make sure he doesn't get to the rim because when Kevon Looney gets to the rim, uh, he's one of the better finishers, uh, you know, as far as an undersized big man goes. Um, so, of course, Draymond Green's the heart and soul of the team, and they're better when he's on the floor. Their offense, though, sometimes just flows better um, when he's not, based on that uh, shooters can get some more space sometimes. Um, let's see here. Oh, and, and my last point with that, with the Warriors is their defensive communication and execution is like on a, a different tier than the rest of the league. Everyone talks about the Celtics being a great defensive team and they are, but they are more a physical defensive team. Whereas the Warriors just fly around their communication um, ability to stop uh, the drives, especially baseline drives um, in the help uh, position is uh, pretty unbelievable. And 
Andrew Wiggins helps with that a lot because they're not an athletic team really at all without him, right? Um, so he kind of fills that Harrison Barnes, uh, that Kevin Durant role, right? He's long, lanky, guards one through five, and is the most athletic guy on the team, right? And the Warriors need that. If they don't have an Andrew Wiggins, they're, they're not in the position they are right now. Uh, I don't think they get past Memphis without an Andrew Wiggins, just based on his length, athleticism, and, you know, opening things up athletically for the rest of the team. Uh, let's jump into uh, who I think will win it all. Uh, I'm talking East, West, NBA Finals all together. Who do I think will win? Uh, Warriors up 3-0, so I'm going to take the Warriors there in the Western Conference. And then East, this is a tough one. It's a real tough one. I'm, I'm going to take the Heat. I'm going to take the Heat in this one. Reason being, I think the Celtics are a little beat up. I think Marcus Sparks hurt. Um, and that's a tough one, though, because now Tyler Hero's out. Just learned that this morning. So if Tyler Hero can't play, that's a big offensive loss, uh, even though he hasn't been playing well. Uh, it's a big offensive loss for the Heat. So I'll take I'll take Heat and Warriors in the NBA Finals, and I think the Warriors win that series in seven. Um, so yeah, Warriors NBA champions, twenty twenty two. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm just you know on here talking and uh, trying to learn more about doing this podcast stuff and talking uh, to you guys on air. Uh, I, I'm not great at it yet, um, but it, it is fun to have this conversation with y'all and engage uh, in, in this kind of podcast uh, format. Um, again, this is Table Talk with the Step Brothers. I'm Xavier. Uh, hopefully we'll have Parker on here soon. Uh, he's down in Utah working hard though, so uh, we'll see what we can do there. But Again, just reaction to uh, the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals and who wins the NBA Finals. Uh, thank you again.